You are listening to the Brave Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Regardless of what you believe, where you come from, or what questions you might have, you are welcome here. Our mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. If you want to partner with us, or if you're interested in more information, head over to brave.church to find out more. Now, let's jump into this week's talk. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Brave Online. Hey, if you're watching from your living room, if you're watching from a car, or maybe you're even watching from a hospital bed, we just want to say it's an honor to get to share with you. It's an honor to bring God's word to you. Thanks for joining us. And you know what? Before we go any further, this is a good moment right here. If you're a family with kids at home and I know what that's like, and maybe, maybe you need to give them a book, you need to tell them to settle down, tell them to go outside, but let's let it be known right now in our homes that this is a special moment where mom and dad want to hear from God. And I think we can do that, we can model that with our families, so let's do that. Uh, but hey, you know, we're going to do a part two to Don't Miss the Moment today. And this was not intended to be a series. Last week I was praying and I really felt like Don't Miss the Moment was a word from God for our church. And, you know, then we, we released online last Sunday and we saw the biggest response since like Easter. And if you don't go to church, you might not know this, but Easter Sunday is always like the biggest Sunday of the year. It's a real big deal. And so one of the ways sometimes we can see if God's on something, if he's working through something, is really just the response, the response from people and the stories. And so we were talking about it this week, and we really felt like there's more that God wanted to say through this. And so next week, we're starting a new series. We're going back to the book of Philippians. But today, we're in part two of Don't Miss the Moment. And so turn to someone next to you and say, Don't Miss the Moment. And if you're alone, you can throw that up in the chat. The 9 a.m. YouTube premiere crew, we see you guys. We love it. Throw it up in the chat. Don't miss the moment. But I want to give a quick review for those of you who are just joining us. And if you missed it last week, you can go back after this. But in review, moments are like waves. Okay, you can miss a wave. You can catch a wave. You can ride a wave. It's a, a very simple concept. But moments have a lot in common with waves because waves move in a time. They, there's a timing to waves. They come in, they go out. And just like that, there are moments that come and go. And not all waves are created equal. Just like moments aren't all created equal. For example, a wedding day, that's a big moment. That moment stands out among a lot of other moments. Or the moment that you realize, this is what I want to spend the rest of my life doing. This is what I was made for. This is my purpose. That's a distinct moment when you come to that realization, or the moment that a child is born, or the moment that a soul is reborn when a person decides to follow Jesus for the first time. Not all moments are created equal. You know, the guys that I know that, that are really into surfing, they check the surf forecast every day. They're going online looking at how big the waves are and what it's looking like, and even if they're not going to go, they can't help it. They just want to know what it's like every day, and, but the thing is, when they, when they are going to go out and the surf looks good, even when they get in the water, there's still a challenge. It still requires patience to wait for the right wave. And then when, when you see one you think is going to be great, you got to paddle hard and try to catch it. And so also like waves, not all moments are obviously important. You know, sometimes we aren't aware or we, we miss how great a moment could be. A wedding is a great example of this because everything about a wedding, the rituals, the traditions, the ceremony, and all this stuff uh, that usually goes along with it is all about raising awareness 
for the couple and for the family and everybody that this is a big deal, right? This is a big moment. But if you've been married for really any length of time afterwards, maybe even six months, you, you become very quickly aware that though that moment was big and really important, there are a lot of important moments that follow. And if a marriage is going to survive and thrive, uh, it, there's a lot of moments that are going to add up to that that are really, really important. And I say that because we live in a time where the divorce rate is 40 to 50%. And that's a pre-COVID-19 statistic. And what we're hearing and what we're finding is that during this period of time, more marriages are failing than any other point in our history. And that is so sad. And, you know, God's just put this on my heart. And maybe it's for one person watching or, or maybe it's for more. But if you're watching right now and you're evaluating your marriage and you feel like your marriage is losing. You know, I'm not talking about whether there's abuse or habitual unfaithfulness. But if you're just having that, those thoughts that, man, this is a lot of work. Man, this is, this is, the chemistry is just not there anymore. I'm just not feeling what I used to feel. And if you're feeling the, the tension and the frustration and the conflict and all those things, and you're just feeling like, man, maybe it's time to throw in the towel. I just want you to know God is not done working. Your story is not over. God cares about your marriage and your marriage is worth fighting for. There is hope on the other side of what you're feeling in this moment. And so if we can help you, if we can partner with you, it will be an honor. We actually have a team, a, a part of our compassion team that is offering free counseling. If you email compassion at bravechurch.org, we have licensed counselors that we would love to connect you with and to help you fight for your marriage. For others, maybe the moment you're going through right now is you had a job and it was a good job. And all of a sudden, overnight, you lost your job. And you're trying to figure out what to do next. And maybe for some, just before all this happened, it was like your career was going to a new level. Things were awesome. It was like you were finally getting to this place that you had worked so hard for. And overnight, it's like that evaporated, all that success, everything that you put in. And hey, listen, God's not done. The story isn't written. This is a moment. And though God didn't create this, God didn't cause the virus God didn't want you to get fired and lose your job or get laid off or whatever happened, really. But God will use this time to remind us that he is our source. And it's a new beginning. And so, hey, if we can help you, if you're struggling, if you need help rebuilding your resume or if you need help searching for a job, email compassion at bravechurch.org. I just saw a report the other day, an interview that some doctors are saying in Walnut Creek that more people are dying of suicide right now than are dying due to the virus. And you know, when, when you lose your job or your marriage is falling apart or all of these things that you didn't expect to happen, when our expectations are, are so far from being met, uh, we can lose hope. And, and we can be filled with anxiety and fear. And hey, if that's where you're at right now, don't, don't go through this alone. We can be alone together. So reach out, send an email to compassion at bravechurch.org. We are a family. We are a church. The church is a family, and we're there for one another. Well, hey, now that I got all of the stuff that was really just on you know, my pastor's heart uh, out there, I want to transition into the teaching. I do have a teaching for us today. There is so much that we could preach on when it comes to not missing the moment, right? Like we could talk about how moments of unexpected endings can lead to new beginnings. We could talk about how in a moment God can do a life-changing miracle. But what I really feel 
led to go into here is a few key verses that give us wisdom for winning the moment. Wisdom for winning the moment. The Bible is full of wisdom and wisdom is described as one of the most valuable things that we can gain because it benefits us in every situation, in every moment, and in every season of life. The wisest people that I know, they have an insatiable appetite for more wisdom. You can never become too wise. So look what this verse says about living with wisdom. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16, it says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So number one, make the most of every opportunity. Okay, that isn't profound. It's very simple, but there's something that we need to be reminded of right now. And that is that God wants our time to be filled with so much more than Endless browsing on our phones and binge watching on Netflix and Disney Plus and escaping in all of these different ways. You know, if we create a rhythm right now of working really hard and doing all this stuff we have to do and then escaping, work, escape, work, escape, we're going to miss some of the incredible opportunities that God is bringing our way. And that, that requires wisdom. Look what this verse says. It says, the main point is to make the most of every opportunity. But then Paul says some other stuff around that. He starts off by saying to be careful because the days are evil. And then he gives us the key. And the key to making the most of every opportunity is wisdom. Wisdom is understanding what's important to God. When our days don't just pass by, but they're filled with stuff that God cares about, we don't miss opportunities. We make the most of them. We are surrounded by opportunities. Even in isolation, many of us are learning that we can be just as connected and we can be just as used by God in one another's lives to help share the burdens that we carry. This week, a new semester of Brave Groups is starting to gather. And Brave Groups is where we live community here at Brave. Um, this is where we are, spend intentional time every week gathering. Some gather around God's word, other around different focuses and topics, but this is a God opportunity right now to get into a brave group. It's a wise thing to do. Most of our groups are completely full. And we love that, but we also don't love that because we want there to be room for more people. And so if you're feeling a nudge to start one, maybe you've been thinking about it but just hadn't, hadn't taken action, shoot us a message. Let us know if you want to help us make room for more people. We're also preparing to start a brave group just for the online campus. I think this is so cool. There are people through this season that have been connecting with Brave that are in different states and different parts of the world. And so we actually have an online Brave group that's starting this coming week. And if you want more information, you know, we really think this could be a cool thing that God does, you know, in starting these Brave groups. It could lead into church planting. It could lead to all kinds of stuff that God might do. And so go to brave.church forward slash online campus if you want to be a part of our next interest meeting or if you want more information of how you can get connected. Uh, but there are God opportunities all around us. Psalm 90 verse 12, it says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And so when we realize how short life is and how precious our time is and how much little time we actually have this side of heaven, it produces a wisdom that creates a sense of urgency. And so I wonder, what is your life urgent about? 
What gets, you, what gets you going? What gets you motivated? What gets you moving quickly and acting fast? Um, almost once every day, as I'm looking at my daughters, I, I just have the thought, man, they're going to grow up so fast. And not just because people tell me that every time I meet them. If, if you just had kids, you know what I'm talking about. Like everyone you talk to says they grow up so fast. They grow up so fast. And I guess that's just the thing. But I see it before my eyes. I mean, they're growing so quickly. And I can't help but think when I see this growth, like, wow, I got to prepare them. Like, I got to be urgent about helping them build their own relationship with God. What can I do to set that up? And, you know, the truth is we have all kinds of great curriculum. You can go to, you know, the kids page on our website. We've got the best teaching, the best kids worship. But at the end of the day, what's going to have the biggest impact on whether or not my kids become passionate followers of Jesus is the faith that I live out. It's the way that I prioritize them and love them. It's the things I say and the things I do that they see, right? I, I remember getting rocked by this video one time that was talking about how the, there's a generation that is struggling to find their faith to be real because they never saw their parents sacrifice for it. They never saw their parents prioritize. And it's kind of counterintuitive because I think sometimes as families, we think that if we are spending less time with our kids because we're going to do this ministry thing that they're going to feel neglected. But at the end of the day, if they never see us sacrifice for the cause of Christ, how are they going to think that we really believed what we said we believed? And, you know, I just want to say something on that because, you know, there's two sides of it, right? My first ministry is to my family. In fact, we're going to be, we're going to be taking three weeks off in June. And that is hard for me. It's hard for me to step away. But, you know, one of the things that we realized during this season is that we never got fully recharged as a family since Juliana was born. I mean, we were right in the midst of shelter in place. There was a, a really heavy leadership load, even though some friends were, were helping and covering some of the, the teaching for us on Sundays. But there was a lot going on. And so we never really got a break. And so we're going to take some time. And, you know, the truth is a lot of pastors, you know, we talked about the divorce rates. The rate of pastors that make it long-term in ministry is even worse, okay? And we are committed to this church. We are committed to the call of God in our lives. And we know that one of the fastest ways for that to fall apart is to lose your family in the process. And so we're going to take some time. But it's not just like, oh, we're on vacation. We want to be intentional with this time. I know a lot of you are processing what summer vacation going to look like this year. What is rest going to look like this summer? And so we're going to do some things as a family. And I want to encourage you to consider this as well. How can you view this as an opportunity? And, and not just an opportunity to do nothing, to, to sit around or do a few house projects, but really make the most of this time. And so what we're going to do is we're going to ask ourselves four questions. And hey, you might not even have a family. You might be single. You can still do this, okay? In fact, you definitely should do this. Uh, get, get some time set aside. Grab a journal, a notebook, or open a new note in your phone and your favorite beverage and, and just sit down and ask these four questions. And brainstorm, come up with ideas. So here's the four questions. Number one, uh, what would be really fun to do? What would we just love to do? What would be so much fun? Number two, what would move us closer to God? What are some things that we can do to grow in our relationship with God? And then what would strengthen our friendships? Friendships with family, friendships with people that we really care about. How can we be intentional with that? And then what would make us healthier? What are, what are some things that we could, some new patterns or new habits that we could form that would be good for our health? 
And so we're going to be starting a new series actually next week called Spring Cleaning, and we're going to go further into this. It's just, I think, going to be really timely. Uh, but Pastor Darren's going to be delivering a talk called Decluttering the Soul. And I'm really excited about that. So number one, make the most of every opportunity, even your staycation, okay? And then number two, avoid stupid arguments. Avoid stupid arguments. 2 Timothy 2, 23 and 24, it says, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach and not resentful. It's so easy to get pulled into conversations that ultimately lead to pointless arguing because at the root of it, every one of them is trying to do what? It's trying to find a bad guy. And, you know, the other day I was uh, in the bathroom and then later my wife came to me and she's like, hey, you, you forgot to light a candle. And then there was like some stuff on the toilet seat and that sounds really gross, but it was just some fuzz that came off of my sweatshirt and I didn't notice it and she is a clean freak, okay? And so then I'm like, okay, whatever. And then later on, I'm in the bathroom again and she goes, she yells to me. She goes, hey, don't forget uh, the toilet paper is under the sink. And I'm thinking, this is so annoying. Like, she, she thinks I can't do anything. She thinks I'm not going to replace the toilet paper. She thinks that, you know, I won't light the candle and, and all this stuff. And so I'm getting kind of frustrated. And, and next thing you know, we're arguing about it. And, you know, when I look at that, you know, she's just trying to be helpful. And she is particular. But she's trying to be helpful to let me know because she thinks I don't know where stuff is. And next thing you know, we're arguing. And it's like, this is not my hill to die on. Like, why are we fighting about where the toilet paper is or whether or not it gets replaced? You know, that's stupid. And when stupid arguments keep going, it's usually because somebody needs to be right. It's usually because we, we need a, a good guy and a bad guy. And our flesh wants blood. You know, the way of the world is to crucify, to nail the bad guy. Is, is Trump the bad guy? Is Pelosi the bad guy? Right? Is, is China the bad guy? Is the government the bad guy? Is Bill Gates the bad guy? And we're all searching for this bad guy, but who's the real bad guy here? We all are. So arguing about who the bad guy is doesn't help. According to the gospel of Jesus, we have all sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. We need a savior. The only good guy is Jesus and our hope is in Jesus. So it's really important that we spend less time trying to pin the bad guy and more time acknowledging the grace that we need for our own mistakes. Here's a good question for you to ask right now, for all of us to ask during this time when we're in conversations with people and it's about the economy or it's about the virus or, or the government. Uh, a good question to ask is, is what, is what I'm saying going to make whoever I'm talking to feel more afraid or less. There are a lot of church leaders right now that are caught up in debates and arguments about our rights to gather and worship. And I am not going to step into that, okay? I'm not going to step into that debate. But when it comes to how we should act as the church and, and all this arguing that's going on, I think that maybe some of us have forgotten that there is scripture for this. It's not a mystery. It's not complicated. 1 Peter 2.17 says, Show proper respect to everyone, love the family of believers, fear God, and honor the emperor. Our role right now in representing God is to be supportive 
and obey as long as it fits within the limits of what God commands of us. And so here's Brave's position. Brave Church remains open, but our auditorium stays closed until all are safe to return. I was thinking about it this week. And, you know, I miss you guys. I want to be back. But I was thinking about it. You know, we live in an area where most people are not Christian. And if, if I wasn't a Christian and, and I was looking at this and, and, and churches are the first ones that want to be back to having large gatherings when no other events are happening, I would be disturbed. I would be frustrated. I would be like, why? What are these guys doing? Like, just wait until... It's safe. Just wait until everybody's back. And I know that's debatable, and I said I'm not going to get into the debate, but I just want to make one thing clear. Like, nobody's saying high school sports can happen, but churches can't gather, right? The church is still open. God is still at work, and we are seeing that all over the place. So again, not going to get into it, but let me just say this. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and honor the emperor. Our job right now is to love people who are scared and love people who are hurting. Arguments at home that don't matter are stupid. Arguments that fuel fear and anxiety aren't loving. So number two, avoid stupid arguments. And lastly, number three, turn to God to be refreshed. Acts 3.19, it says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Are you drinking too much from the news reports instead of the Holy Spirit? I wonder how refreshed do you feel? If you rated your soul right now, like how refreshed am I from one to 10? Where would you land? I think sometimes we find ourselves really tired and, and really drained. And I don't know about you, but have you ever found yourself feeling this way? And then you realized, well, I'm getting enough rest or, you know, I had this vacation or I, I didn't really do much this weekend. Why am I still so tired? So what's the problem? Sometimes we think we need rest when what we need is to be refreshed. Acts 3 is telling us about a kind of refreshing that you can only get from God. It's when we repent and we turn to God and he wipes out our mistakes. Early on in Shelter in Place, my wife and I, we had a huge fight it was a meltdown, and it was bigger than toilet paper, okay? But what it led to for both of us was really, really beautiful, and it led to this moment for our relationship that strengthened us. It brought us closer together, but because I'm a wise husband, I'm going to let her tell you this story. So I had been asking Pastor Samuel to put up two shelves in Juliana's room for a while, and he hadn't gotten around to doing it for a while, and one day we were talking about these shelves and one thing led to another. The next thing you know, it got ugly. I'm crying, he's confused why I'm crying because they're just shelves and they were just shelves. But it wasn't just about the shelves. It was something deeper I had attached to those shelves. We both had very different perspectives on what putting those shelves up meant. For me, putting those shelves up represented that he cared about me, I was heard, what's important to me is important to him. And that's how I was feeling. For Pastor Samuel, it was about the facts. His perspective was, I'm overwhelmed, I have a lot on my plate, I'm working really hard for my family, doesn't she see how hard I'm working? But what we both needed to do was repent. See, we needed to turn from our way of seeing things to a new way, which meant moving towards healthy communication. Healthy communication is where instead of jumping to an assumption or a judgment about the other person, we listen and we ask questions. 
the shelves were really important to me. And they did get put up. But him not putting the shelves up sooner didn't mean he loved me any less. Repentance is when you make a change that refreshes something. Changing our way of seeing things refreshed Marcy and I's love for one another. What kind of repentance do you need right now? Repentance could be giving up the narrative that my kid doesn't like me. Repentance could be giving up the narrative that if only my parents understood. Repentance could be giving up the narrative that I'm a victim. Turn to God. He'll speak to you. God knows exactly what we need even when we don't. He is the best mentor, the best coach. He's the best father. We can turn to him. Just this last week, we were recording for a brave prayer room session. In fact, you're all invited this Friday night, 7 p.m. We're gonna have our first prayer room session. And it's a time of worship and prayer. But I'm gonna be honest, on Tuesday, when we were supposed to come here and record, I was like, you know, I kind of just don't feel like it. Like, I kind of just don't feel like worshiping right now. I actually just wanna stay home and chill. But then I got here and it was amazing. It was like, wow, this is so refreshing. This is exactly what I needed to do for an hour. And then afterwards, the whole recording didn't get recorded. <laughs> like we lost all the audio. And I don't know how that happens, but uh, you know, then we had to come back the next day and do it again. And I was thinking about it. You know what? The first night was because we needed to be refreshed before we could refresh others. Time of worship, it's, it's never wasted time, even when you don't feel like it. Once you get into that moment where you're saying, God, I need you, he is gonna show up. So as we close, I wanna pray for you. And I hope you'll join us this Friday night. I hope you'll, you'll carve out that time. We would love uh, to be with you and to worship with you. But spend some intentional time with God. You know, even if it's not Friday night, spend some time with God just saying, God, is there anything in my heart, any area of my life where I need to change directions so that I can find that refreshing that comes from you? All right, so let's pray. God, I pray for everyone that is watching, everyone that is listening. God, I pray that you would meet us in this moment. And God, I pray for those that are maybe crossing that line of faith for the first time that are becoming aware of you or their need for you. That only happens by the power of your spirit. So God, we pray that you would do right now what only you could do, that people's souls would be reborn, that people would come alive to the reality of you. And God, for those of us who feel empty, for those of us who feel tired, for those of us who feel weary, God, I pray that as we repent and as we are open to the changes that need to happen in our hearts, that that we would be so refreshed, that we would be so filled with joy and hope again. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for the Brave Church Podcast. If you don't live in the area, but this ministry is impacting you, please consider giving to support what God is doing through our church. For questions or more information about getting connected, just go to brave.church. We'll see you next week.